right, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rob's Rhythms. I'm your host, Rob Fishbeck, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, the guy that does all the other stuff here at the Rob Fishbeck Network that I don't do, which is actually quite a long list, hmm. uh, Captain Crumps, Mr. Max Williams. How you doing, buddy? Great, buddy. How are you? Uh, can't complain. It's been a, uh, it's a fun weekend, the DC fandom. I know this is a music show, but... Uh, for the film fanatics and uh, comic book lovers and superhero lovers and everybody, we just we had a great weekend. Uh, I I think this is the way to go. Uh, comic Con needs to scale back and leave it more for the comic book fans that want to attend that stuff and maybe do your major motion picture stuff virtually so everybody can experience it. But uh, that's neither here nor there. And then uh, saw. One of my best friends yesterday that I hadn't seen in a while since COVID started. That's uh, good. Got, we got to hang out. And today, yeah, so I'm just kind of giving you the play-by-play. How about yourself? Oh, it was a long weekend, but a good weekend. Long weekend? Long weekend, but oh. a good weekend. Were uh, you, uh, did you dabble in any uh, drugs or alcohol? Uh, dabble in some of the alcohol. Okay. But, I mean, you could. Kind of leave the drugs out more to you me. You could cross that over. Alcohol is a drug, but, you know. So is coffee. So is coffee, exactly. Smoke weed every day. Well, coffee isn't, but the caffeine in the coffee is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Alcohol is a drug. That's, so what, is that's caffeine. what they say about the cigarettes. Yeah. It's not the cigarettes that kill you. It's a rat poison inside of them. Exactly. And or the nicotine that keeps you. The nicotine won't kill you. Well, it keeps you sucking in the rat poison. Oh. Uh, well, that's usually the additive chemicals. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. Uh, uh, I do the nicotine lodgings, but as somebody who has used nicotine for 13 years, wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, damn. Yeah, I started young. You used what do you want me to say? Well, I I used to chew, and uh, sounds like a it sounds like a, your pastime. Smoke ah. Marlboro Reds. Nicotine. You know what do you that's my do? pastime. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Not anymore. Mm. I'm uh two and a half, a little over two and a half years, no cigarettes. That's good. I had a one year relapse, but mm. prior to that, I was like three years clean. That's pretty good. But I just do the nicotine things. Yeah, the nicotine legends. Mm-hmm. No vapes. I'm, I never. I could never get into the vaping. It's yeah. It's, well, the reason why was because it's dangerous. Because it is. Well, I mean, so are cigarettes. But yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, because you just do it all the time. Well, yeah. I, mean, I would just vape all day long. Because yeah, but do I mean, it there, there are people who smoke, you know, two packs a day. Right. Yeah, but I mean, I like we grew up in that era where like. I mean, I used to remember going into the Pizza Hut buffet when I was a kid, and they would go smoking mm-hmm. or none. Right. You know, yeah. but when I was like 17, they they banned that, at least yeah. in Illinois. All restaurants got rid of it. I right. believe it was a, actually, I think it was a federal, federal thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. All restaurants. Yeah. So but I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is, is yeah. Yeah, like there wasn't, like I started smoking cigarettes when I was 16. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't much of it, and you couldn't legally do that in Pizza Hut anyways when you're 16. No. So it's like... Unless you look 18. I never lived through that era where it was acceptable to smoke. Like, my dad was a smoker. Yeah. And my mom didn't let him smoke in the house. He smoked in the basement. Yeah. You know, like in his office. Mm-hmm. But that was it. So... <laughs> but you got to keep one area. I, like, I know a lot, of, a lot of my friends' parents smoke. Uh, yeah... I know a few. Like childhood friends. And stuff. Yeah, I know a few that do it, but I know a couple of them are trying to quit. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard. Um, it's not easy. I can't imagine. Yeah, I don't know. What Quitting cigarettes like. was the dumbest and smartest thing I've ever done in my life. The dumbest was starting and the smartest was stopping. Yeah, from all the stories I've heard, it's best to just stop it. Not not wean yourself off, you know, not take like a few baby steps. It's, it's best to just stop. Go through withdrawals as quickly as possible. Suffer obviously because they're gonna suck. See, I, I but I, from what I've heard, it's just just quit the, it. Just the nicorette gum. You yeah. just gotta chew it like. Yeah, or just find a different vice that's not as harmful. Yeah, but I, no offense. Yeah. You don't know what it's like to be addicted no, to no, nicotine. No, no, you're right. You're right. I. You're right. That's true. I don't. My old therapist. I'm just saying from what I know from from people that have told me. I'm I'm putting in a nicotine lodging right now. Hey, um, all right. My old thing. therapist, I remember, she was telling me that uh, I found out she used to smoke. Yeah. And she's probably like 15 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, that's interesting. She's like, yeah, I still kind of miss it, especially in the morning with coffee. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that was one of my... I, I, when I quit the first time, like for real, for real, I switched to green tea for like three or four months. 
because I couldn't do coffee and not have a cigarette. Mm. Yeah, so, those two go hand in hand usually. Well, yeah. Otis Redding song, Cigarettes and Coffee. I used to play that on my phone all the time. I'd like some days back back before uh, the pandemic and we had a tyrant in the White House and all that stuff. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I used to like wake up, I'd wake up early. Like yeah. before I started like playing music out at night, um, I'd wake up at like 6, 6.30 in the morning, which... I don't know what that's like anymore. But um, <laughs> if I'm up by nine, yeah. it's I'm getting a lot done that day. Uh, but any, anyways, yeah, right. yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm up till three or four in the morning. So uh, I work yeah. I, I I work better at nighttime when I'm by myself because nobody can bother me because I know. I mean, it's like I can focus. I don't have a problem focusing. I do have terrible ADD, but um, <laughs> it's that it's that knowing like everybody else is asleep. Yeah. And you're like so. There's nothing to distract you now. We, though now we have YouTube, so YouTube is the ADD's uh, paradise, basically. But I, when I wake up in the morning, I put on Otis Redding, cigarettes and coffee. I just Otis Redding, Otis Redding in general. You put on your pants one leg at a time. Wake up in the morning, put my pants on one leg at a time, but I make gold records. Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Walken has returned. Walking in the corner. That's literally like one of these days. Why don't we do that on TikTok? Because I, I told you I'm not a part of TikTok. No, but you could film it. me standing in different corners. I told you I want nothing to do with TikTok. Oh, so I have to do, film myself sit, standing in corners, uh, walking in the corner, yeah. doing... I really So I looked online. I did some deep research. We, we will get to the show today because it's a big show. I did some research. We're I was trying really to... a really big show. Got a real big show. Yep. Uh, trying to find uh, Christopher Walken mask. Mm-hmm. So, because... That, that just, just looks scary. Why? That would just look scary. Why? On anybody though, because he's got that face. He's got the. I, but it'd be a great Halloween. He's mask. got that face that's like the be great Halloween. Uh, mask. Uh, I've just. I've officially decided. I think I'm going to be Batman this year. I was going to be Hannibal Lecter. Going to be Batman because of the mask thing, but uh-huh. I wear the mask to protect the people I love. <laughs> I already got the voice down. <laughs> like, I might as well just be. Batman, the best. Um, but I want to get the like a real like. I don't have the money to get like the five hundred dollar one. Uh, but like, I want to get a decent cosplay, like real Batman costume. Yeah. Because I'm gonna wear it out. Sweat your balls off in leather, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pleather. Yeah. Pleather. I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, yeah. I'm gonna wear it out. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna wear it to Walmart. Yeah. I'm gonna wear Spandex. it to Target. Yeah. You know, yeah. with the pandemic and everything. The best replication of the Christian Bale Batman voice is uh, Danny. Pooty, Putty, and from uh, from Community. Oh, really? Have, yeah, when they have their Halloween episode, he dresses up as Batman, and he can do the voice. Really Where's well. Rachel? Where yeah. is she? Yeah, he does it really well. Yeah, so go check that out, everybody, because he's awesome. Where is she? Let her go. Let her go. Yeah, there you go. We named the dog Indiana. Anyways, all right, back to the show. So uh, for those of you that clicked on this, we, um, we are doing a special edition episode of Rob's Rhythms. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a certain album turns 45 this mm-hmm. week, and I wanted to play a game. So my buddy Max, uh-huh. um, we've known each other for quite a while now. Uh, not really a Springsteen fan. Almost too I don't want to put words in your... What? I feel like we've known each other too long at this point. <laughs> this is usually the time when people leave. Yeah. Oh, there you go. All right, good. I'm I'm, I'm on my way. And then I go find somebody else. (laughs) Um, It's all increments. It's all increments. Uh, You you never met Tommy or or, uh, Schnooks. No, I'm just kidding. Those aren't real people. Um, For you, those people sound real. That sound like characters that I know? Absolutely. Absolutely. As a union plumber, I met him at the McDonald's on uh, Wabash. (laughs) He was wearing... uh, He's wearing underalls. He had, a, he had an REM T-shirt on, and I was like, "Hey, how you doing?" And overalls, and one of the overall buttons was unbuttoned. Was uh, so a very so anyway. So Max is not a Springsteen fan, right? Not that I dislike him. I'm just not a fan, right? And you've never really listened to any of his music. No, we just know I've heard the outside. First, I've heard the first album. Now. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I'm getting to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So about two years ago, we were driving around downtown downtown Chicago in the city, and uh, we we're going to a music thing, and. I played I, don't know, I played some Springsteen song and he's like oh I know this one and yeah. I'm like how the fuck do you know this one but you don't know this that and the other thing yeah. and you're like well 
tell tell the story about how you know Springsteen's first album through and through, but yet you don't know any of the other ones. All right, well, everybody, find And his, by the way, his first album, Greetings yeah. from Asbury Park, it's an amazing record, <clears throat> but it's just not the one that, like, people are like, oh, like, it's usually not in the yeah. conversation for the top five. See, that's my musical interest, is never in the conversation of the top five, but still good stuff. Um, uh, but, yeah, find the edge of your seats, everybody, because this is a very exciting story. Um, <laughs> well, don't set it up like that. <laughs> It's, well, because you said it's a good deal. You know, tell the story. It's not really a story. It's more of just a, an occurrence. Um, tell the story. Tell the story. For, uh, for four years at the University of uh, St. Xavier, where I went to college, um, I was the football manager, and I was in charge of filming. I was not in charge of the music that was played during practice, so I didn't have any control over this. And uh, pretty much every practice, or at least two to three times a week, it would be the same music. And... It just so happened that Bruce Springsteen's Greeting from Asbury Park was the album that was on rotation quite frequently. Did you guys have like a six-disc CD changer or something? Pretty much, oh, yeah. pretty much. And the yeah. coach just, that's the CD that was in there. Yeah. It was the the game day playlist, which was, you know, the basic playlist of like, like uh, your Thunderstrucks and, and your uh, Enter Sandmans. And, from uh, whom the bell tolls. Yeah, and your... Uh, uh, I forget, whatever. Def Leppard, pour some sugar on me. Surprisingly not that one. That was more of a baseball song. There's a, uh, a lot of people I know that played baseball. That was their walkout song. Yeah, yeah. Not Wolf Mother. Is it Wolf Mother? That's Is a it? band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Joker and the Thief. That okay, song. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. And, and whatever Linkin Park song was on there. Either way. Not, um, a, not a big Linkin Park fan. No, I like them. I, yeah, no, I no. like the Linkin Park. I mean, uh, I'll get into them when I'm 40, just like I'm getting into Green Day now. 25 years old. Oh, when I come around. You should get in a time machine and be like, hey, you guys are really going to like this stuff in 25 years. Come back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that was the album on rotation for the most part. And uh, so he, I grew to like it a lot. Yeah. You kind of have to at that point. Either hate it from listening to too much or you, or you love it. And right. I really did like it. Yeah. Right. So, and what I'm. Raw. I like raw music. Well, it's very, it's a low production album. And, and that was before they, like, that's well, before they had Roy Bitten and Max Weinberg. There you go. I don't even know. I, I, was Steve Van Zandt on the first album? He may have been. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so that was his kind of, like, knowledge of Springsteen. And yeah. I am a, ma I've seen him five times. And the obvious hits. Yeah. Massive fan. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. I've seen him in three states. Mm -hmm. I've seen him twice at Wrigley Field at the United Center. So I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Right. Um, he's the best. He's the best. He's the guy. You know what I mean? He's the best. Uh, if this if this was the '80s, I'd you know would have seen the Rolling Stones, but they're you know kind of past their expiration date. No offense. Um, no offense. They're not as good as they used to be. No, it's just no. But Springsteen was still carrying it up. You know. 2016 was his last tour. So, but anyways, doesn't matter. Anyway. Um, so, Born to Run's turning 45 this week, and I was going to do a different show, and I called Max before he came over here to the studio, and I said, hey, I got an idea. Have you ever listened to Born to Run all the way through? And he's like, no. And I'm like, all right. I've got some stuff to do on the computer, and you just sit down on Spotify with your headphones, because I need a new needle on my turntable, and... Amazon, as fast as they are, we're not going to be that fast. Uh, I just found this out the other day that my needle is, it's just, it's, it, something's off. Anyways, so Max listened to the whole album. His bucket's got a hole in it. And I think the way we should do this is, because I saw you taking a bunch of notes. Yeah, right after I was done. I So like, okay, if you're listening to this and you're a huge Springsteen fan, yeah, we're going to nerd out. We're going to preach to the choir. Um let us know in the comments. Find us on social media. We'll do all the plugs at the end. Um, your favorite tracks off the record, your favorite Springsteen tracks in general. Uh, I mean, I go back and forth. My top five, top ten, like, songs that are somewhere in there for me. You know, you've got Atlantic City, The Promised Land, mm -hmm. Back Streets, uh, Thunder Road, Racing in the Street, Candy's Room, Darkness on the Edge of Town, yeah. Sherry Darling, uh, no surrender, downbound train, Johnny ninety nine. Uh, the you know, uh, um, no, 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 she's going. the one. Name all of his songs. Just uh, keep going. Just the keep rising. Going. Every song. Uh, keep going. My city of ruins. You're almost there. Every song. Come on. Devils and dust. You got it. Come on. Keep going. Well, man. Now I'm just naming albums. You're almost point. there. Right. Come on. Every song. Anyways. All right. Anyways. All right. 
uh, for you, Spirit of the Night. Uh, oh, what a night. Anyways, that song is in the key. It's an E minor. Key of E minor. Well, E minor is the first chord. Anyways, doesn't matter. So, so, we'll just lead this. Go ahead and bring up whatever you've got written down. I can answer your questions. Mm. We can nerd oh, out and we can kind of nerd out that way. And what are your questions. thoughts? I mean, I guess right out of the gate. I'll start this way. By the way, I'll we'll plug some stuff now that just in case people can't listen to this whole show. You can find me at Rob Fishbeck on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Rob underscore Fishbeck on Instagram. I am slowly going to delete my old personal account, which is just at Rob Fishbeck, and then that way I can get that handle back, and um, that will just be my main my main drag. You can find me on Facebook but I probably won't respond to you just because I only live stream on there and I've got like 32 unread messages I should probably go and look at, but that's a whole, that's neither here nor there. Find me on YouTube, Rob Fishback. Please hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, give us a shot. Uh, I'm not going to beg for it, but uh, it's not a lot of things going on right now. So building up the YouTube channel has kind of been a main focus of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, where can everybody find you, Max? Uh, usually at my house. I'm just kind of hanging out. Uh, on the social media, though, you can find me at uh, Musician Max Williams on the facial book. You can also find me at Musician Max Williams on the Instagram. Um, I'm putting out a new song September 22nd. Yeah, September 22nd. It's called A Wacky Misadventure, and it's an all-instrumental. So, uh, no, you don't have to hear my whining vocals in the background on this one. Uh, but, yeah, that's where I'm at. It's a fun stuff, man. But you're here right now. I'm here so right now. So let's get to it. Born to Run, turning 45 this week. It was released August 25th, 1975. He was on the cover of Time and Newsweek. Yeah. I mean, like, and the whole thing of it is, like, you listened to the album once. I did. You don't know everything leading up to it, but I'll give you the brief 30-second thing. And if you guys are listening to this and you're not a big Springsteen <laughs> fan, here's the gist. 30 seconds. He was signed. He had He released two albums, Greeting from Asbury Park. Greetings from Asbury oh, Park and The Wild, The Innocent, and The East Street Shuffle. Mm -hmm. Both fantastic records. I like the first one more than the second one. Uh, and this was his make or break record. He knew that Columbia was not going to keep keep him on. Mm -hmm. He wasn't big. He wasn't famous. Blowing up New Jersey, but he'd travel most of the rest of the country and nobody knew who he was. Right. So it's 1975. Uh, Jimmy Iovine engineered on the record, um, which is how they, you know, hooked up and went on to create some even better music with, with one another. Uh, John Landau came into the picture, who was a writer who raved about Springsteen's music. Mm -hmm. And Springsteen was like, hey, this guy likes our shit. So they became friends, and he's been managing Springsteen for now 45 years. Damn. Uh, they dropped Mike Appel. Mike Appel was his manager prior to that. And the sad part is I don't have to make notes on any of this because I just know it all. The last book I read was Springsteen's Autobiography. You know it all. Um, you know, uh, they got a new drummer. They got Max Weinberg. They got a new piano player. They got Roy Bitten, who both are very, 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 very famous in their own right as far as I'm concerned and uh, with just things that they've done. And Steve Van Zant really was hanging around the studio a lot and kind of put his input in, and they – did the single Born to Run, and that got released, and that got some decent radio play, and they cut the rest of the album. And uh, he wrote like nine or ten songs for it, and eight made the record. And it came out and launched his career for, for you know, lack of a better phrase, I guess. <laughs> and then there was a three-year gap, and then he did Darkness. We'll get to Darkness eventually. We'll get to that three-year gap, similar to something that happened to Tom Petty leading up to him releasing Damn the Torpedoes, which was his third album, which was a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of the backstory on Born to Run. Mm -hmm. But go ahead, take it over. That was over 30 seconds, but Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so Rob has me listen to this so that we can talk about it and so he can nerd all over it for, you know, better part of an hour. Yeah. Um, so as I was listening, I was trying to... Uh, pay attention to the three things as I was doing it. Uh, I was trying to pay attention to the emotional aspect of the album. 
The uh, cinematic qualities, if you will. Well, sure, I'll call it emotional aspect, but you can call it cinematic qualities. Uh, the technical aspect is I've been getting into a lot of that stuff lately, how things are produced, um, instrumentation use, um, also the way things are panned, how loud things are, blah, 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 blah. And then just the overall vibe and uh, feeling I got towards listening through the album. So um, to start off... You starting with Thunder Road? Uh, sure. All right. Uh, to start. Strindle slams. Mary's I mean, I guess, yeah, we, we, we can take it uh, one song at a time. I have to try to remember the intricacies is going to be a, a Like a vision, she dances across the porch as the radio plays. I mean, we could just play the whole album. Yeah, I don't. I want to. <laughs> I will afterwards, but go ahead. Go, go uh, ahead with Thunder Road. So, I don't know if I can do each song individually because I, I listen That's to fine. them all in, in one That's thing. fine. Um, Say what you want. I can tell you immediately which songs I liked the most. Go ahead. Um, from what I remember. Please uh, do. 10th Avenue Freeze Out. Teardrops on the City. Yeah. Is number one. I love the way that that song is orchestrated. The uh, the rhythm, the beats, how it's going. Um, the instrumentation's fantastic. Um, what else was I going to go through? It's that a, one. It's a rhythm and blues song. That one and, and Born to Run is my other favorite one on the album. Don't, really? Yeah. See, no, so for those of you that don't know Max that well, I would assume he would have been like Jungle Land and I was gonna Back com- Streets. I was going to comment on that. Or, might, uh, or uh, you know, She's the One and Meeting Across the River. Just because you usually don't like the stuff that sounds mainstream. And no, that's especially fair. Born to Run being that's totally fair. the fucking song. Right. You know what I mean? Well, that was what I was like. My say. favorite, my favorite three songs on the album are Backstreets. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, that's actually I don't know. Uh, Thunder Road, she's the one in Jungle Land. Mm-hmm. Backstreet, eh, I don't know. That's tough. It's tough for me. It's very it's tough. tough. Yeah. No, every song has its has its own unique taste to it. But I, the reason I was gonna say I didn't like Meaning Across the River, it's a good song. Well, it's yeah. It doesn't fit the album. But it's 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 the prelude to Jungle Land. I understand that, but it's what the care it's 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 uh, it's like a side adventure of characters that are leading up to the characters that we all meet in Jungle Land. It's I look at that album, Darkness on the Edge Town on the River, and most of his albums for that matter, as similar to like a Scorsese Tarantino movie more Tarantino in this aspect where you've got all these stories going on and they are all, it's like non-linear, but mm-hmm. it is yeah, yeah, linear yeah. at the same time, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. And it's all cut together and then you get like the final product. Yeah. And to me, meeting across the river is like this, oh, here's a group of characters that would fit in with the same characters that are in Jungle Land or, um, you know, Backstreets or, or Born to Run. Yeah. Um, and then it, it's the prelude, and then you go in to Jungle Land. Yeah. Like, literally into this world, right? Yeah. Because it's this, like, operatic, like, West Side Story epic, you know, thing. Very cinematic sounding, the way it's mixed and cut together. Oh, yeah, the whole album is, yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, right, so go, go ahead with 10th and, Avenue. And, and for me, I guess maybe that's what it is. Obviously, I know Bruce has the way, um, or he chose the uh, order of the tracks the way he did. But to me, it doesn't fit there. And I know it, it leads into uh, into Jungle Land, which is still kind of starts off slow and then gets into it. And it's a nine minute song and has everything. But I would have I would have thought that song would have fit. Meeting uh, Meeting Across the River would have been better maybe as third. I know that doesn't really make sense. No, but Night's third. No, I understand. But what I'm saying is the way that that song is almost nothing like any of the other songs. So for you, sequentially, you would want Thunder Road, 10th Avenue Freeze Out, then Meeting Across the River, mm-hmm. then Backstreets. Is Backstreets still track four? Side one? Backstreets is track four, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Born to Run, She's the One. I wouldn't switch Night. Them. I wouldn't switch them. I would just move that up. Okay. So I could keep Night. But see, that's the game. That's the game that Springsteen used mm-hmm. to play that I have had drilled in my head for like 15 years now and that I literally cannot write music and just put a bunch of songs together. I do it. I think the same way he thinks, which is it's an album. The song's got eight songs on it. Mm -hmm. Four songs on one side, four songs on the other. Mm -hmm. Born to Run is very similar to The Chain. It's track one side two, but it's the most, it's the biggest song on the record. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. on Chain on Rumors. Um, 
but Thunder Road, it's the opening, it's the invitation into this world, you know, and then the side one closes out with Backstreets, which is this like morning of like looking back and nostalgia and kind of missing somebody and all that kind of stuff. And then you get Born to Run, which is like the new day, you know what I mean? Or it's not because the whole record could take place in one day. That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Thunder Road, it's like six o'clock in the morning. The sun's just coming up. They don't ever say that in the song. But it's like you meet Mary, and I'm assuming the guy's name's Johnny because I think they're the same characters in Racing in the Street. That's a separate conversation. But um, let's put it this way. I talk Springsteen like a lot of people talk Star Wars. That, that, that's the best analogy. Oh, seemingly, yeah. Um, that it starts, it's like 6.30 in the morning, and then the, it ends with Jungle Land, right? And mm-hmm. everything else goes on. You know, a night is like that song that they're singing at noon. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't wait for the nighttime. You know what I mean? And Born to Run's that that 4 p.m. traffic, you know, and then she's the one, he's getting ready to go out that night, you know, he's thinking about his girl, mm-hmm. you know, he's doing his hair, whatever, meeting across the river, and then we go into jungle land. Yeah. You know, so. Um, Sorry, that was my probably nerdiest moment. No, no, you're good. Maybe uh, my entire life. No, you're good. There's uh Wait till we get to Darkest Island. Maybe that one. Was it Backstreets? I think that's the other one that's... Yeah. But, so as I was listening to Backstreets, um, visually, I saw probably nothing you would ever expect. But what I saw was... Uh, Your version of it. My, my version of it. Because um, obviously, I'm going to make the obvious point of the entire album, I feel like I'm just running. And I, don't, I really don't mean that as a pun, but I really do feel like I'm just running the entire time. It's paced out. Um, it's paced like a movie. Running however you're running, whatever it is. Not on the run, just running, just doing something. Um, and then Backstreets comes on. And the way I saw it, do you remember uh, season three of Fargo? Did you watch it? Absolutely. Okay, do you remember the the scene when, uh, oh my God, whatever her character's name is, and the deaf dude, they're in the 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 forest area and they're running from the two hitmen. Vaguely. It's been three years. Okay. Well, they have like this standoff where they're trying not to get killed, obviously. And they're up against pretty vicious assassins who know right. what, who know what they're doing. Um, visually, I saw that I saw a fight for your life to get out of something that is um, probably not going to be able to overcome. And in the end you kind of do, but don't. See, to me, that's mm-hmm. why Born to Run is like Batman Begins sure. and Darkness on the Edge of Town, no puns, is like the Dark Knight. Right. And then the river is like the Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. That's why, to me, it's like the perfect trilogy of albums mm-hmm. because there's so much optimism in Born to Run, especially Thunder Road and Born to Run. And then you get a little older and you realize to what your point is, a lot of this stuff is out of reach and Mm -hmm. it's unattainable. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of burdened down by other things in life. And where will you stand? And that's darkness on the edge of town, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so emotionally, obviously it's a roller coaster. It's all over the place. Um, I mean, I get as far as the music goes, very cinematic, very emphatic music. Um, there really isn't any point. What do you mean by emphatic music? It's it's emphasized. The oh, music's well, yeah. there. It's not like it's drowned out and you just like mostly hear vocals over you know lo-fi music. Obviously, everything's big production. No, this is the wall of sound. Oh, by the way, I should right. also mention because you wouldn't have known this. Right. He w- he really wanted to make it sound like Phil Spector wall of sound music, like mono, like. You know, like, man, I'm on a Monday and my heart stood still mm-hmm. to do round right. And it's just all in your face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard that immediately. And that's what I was actually going to get into from the technical standpoint of. The uh, mixing. The mixing, which. It's all in your face. Now I'm just in love with. I, I you, lo- you Oh, wait. I love mixing. It's what oh, mi- oh, I thought you were either like, I just love this album. By oh, the way. I did. I did like it. I did. I was like just going to say, I mean, what were your initial thoughts? Overall, um. Because I'd never really given Springsteen a chance, and I'd always he'd always Why? he'd always been overhyped. Because you know me, I was never in the mainstream with music and all that stuff. You like the Foo Fighters? I like the Foo Fighters, but I still listen to a lot of their deep cuts and go, I like these songs better than the ones that are on the radio. So the problem was, I didn't like the Springsteen songs enough that were on the radio to go and listen to deep cuts and be like, oh, I like these songs better. 
But now that I've got a chance to listen to both now Greetings from Asbury Park and Born to Run, I'm now understanding why there are the songs that are on the radio, and I'm understanding now why the songs that didn't make it are still good songs. It's not like they were just album fillers. These are good songs. Now, these he, are good albums. his first, like, prior to CDs being invented, there is no filler. No, not at all. Because you got 44 minutes to say what you got to say <laughs> at the end of the day. <clears throat> That's all the time you got on the LP. Right. So. Yeah, this is eight songs, 39 minutes, and the last song is nine and a half minutes. It better be a good fucking song. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, the, the, this wall of sound, which I, I started researching and getting into now, is, um, yeah, everything's in your face, but you can still hear everything. Right. Oh, yeah. It's all EQ'd, panning. Right, mixing. which is no easy feat. I mean, that's that takes a long time to do. Why do you think so? <laughs> long, long time ago. Yeah. I attempted to make a record. It, I finished it. I mean, kind of. The guy I worked with passed away while we were finishing it. But, and I had no idea what I was doing. I wanted to go for that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and still, like, my, you know enough about my musical taste at this point. Like, mm -hmm. now, I, do you better understand where I want to go musically a lot of the time? I, I just so, bash yeah. my head against the wall because I'm limited to financially what whoever you know it's just it yeah resources are slim yeah yeah absolutely yeah i i, I totally get it now um that's yeah. rock and roll to me that is rock and roll that yes. is everything that represents what rock and roll is was and could be yes you know what i mean I agree with that. because it's not like don't take this the wrong way tom petty and the heartbreakers one of my favorite bands of all time they don't like you know, and it's a, it's a totally different kind of music, but like, it's all very, you know, it's him and the band. It, I don't know how to phrase this, but like, you listen to Born to Run, they kind of, it's, it really is like a movie in that way. Mm -hmm. Like the instruments, it's almost like a score, not a rock and roll band. Is this, does the, that make sense? Is this the album you were telling me, like what he was telling his producer or whatever, I want you to, I want this to be. No, that's be, darkness. That's darkness. Never mind. That's, okay. that's when they got Chuck Plotkin. Okay, that makes more sense. Oh man! But on this one, it's there's still. Um, but but you'll hear one when you, that that kind of throws you for. You'll a hear when you listen to darkness. Darkness yeah. does not sound anything like Born to Run. Uh, it's very raw. Is it Born to Run that and lean? Born to Run kind of throws you for a loop in the beginning. It's a little off, and then it just goes right into it. Or was that the song? Was that Backstreets? I think it was Backstreets. Backstreets. There was like, one that it just it starts off in somewhat of a different key, or just starts off just like two instruments, and then it just. Are you thinking of she's the one? Yes, thank you. Like, that Bum. that's the one. And then it's. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna hum the melody because no, 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 I'm gonna copy. Yeah, I know. That's that's what. I'm With the killer graces and the secret, dude. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. I remember hearing that song and just being like mind blown. I mean, every track on that album, minus Meeting Across the River, though it's fine, and minus Born to Run, because I already knew Born to Run, is mind-blowing. Night, the way Night starts with mm -hmm. those drums. Yeah. And then Clarence just comes in with that blaring saxophone. Well, that, that, was, um, that was the other note that I put down was my favorite way that the drums were mixed and EQ'd. They're not really there, but they're there. You really just hear the snare a hi-hat and the cymbals. You know there's a kick, but there's no kick like at all because that's where the bass is. Um, it's not like with a lot of today's music where you just hear the fucking kick and it just totally takes over a song. Why do you think I've yelled at so many, like, not yelled, but like, I've gotten frustrated right. so many times mm -hmm. in studio settings right? because I'm working with people that are into what they're into. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And have like, they don't, they don't listen to that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, the drums don't, they, it sounds like a stick hitting a drum. Well, and that's, that's your rock and roll for it. Rock and roll really isn't about the drums. But go listen, but go listen to the Beatles, the early Beatles. It's I not about say. the low end. Like the Ringo's drums. there. No, no, oh, absolutely. And yeah. he's keeping the song moving. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, it's like you get lost. Like you're so encapsulated in the, all the music and it, you don't get distracted by the drums. Right. Or you're distracted by a bass line. Right. 
you know. They're, um, they're whereas like I, like I've been listening, I tell you, I've been listening to a lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers and they have a yeah. lot of bass lines. A lot of bass lines. And it's fine because it's like the stuff I'm trying to listen to now is just well, it's different. Ar- arguably Flea and I forgot the name, Chad Smith. Arguably, Flea and Chad Smith are the are the, the best in, uh, best musicians in that band. If anything, I'd say Chad Smith's a better musician. I guess just overall, sure. As far as like that goes, but Flea's a great bass player. Right. So you want to be able to um, uh, accentuate his abilities and his. Uh, and Gary Talent is an amazing bass player as well. But what Bruce is going for always, and I just mm-hmm. I know this. It's just ingrained in my DNA. It, what Bruce is always going for is the song right not you know clear like clarence is there especially on jungle land mm-hmm. right but like clarence isn't overused no. clarence isn't a focal point no you know what i mean clarence but that being said clarence is also uh in lieu of having guitar solos Exactly. Yeah, that was the one thing too. Whereas on yeah. when we get to darkness, you'll mm-hmm. realize that I kind of almost want to do darkness like the next and like have you listen to that and like compare and contrast them. We kind of have to do that in a year, but yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that came out in '78, so we got a while oh, before right. that has a that. big landmark anniversary. Years, yeah. Um, <laughs> whereas on darkness, it's the guitar that takes care of a lot of the souls. Now, obviously, sure. he's on four tracks. I think he's on four tracks on the album, mm-hmm. and you know all of them because it's so prominent. Yeah. You get to that sax solo in Badlands and you're like, mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah, that's, you know. Yeah. But my point is, it's how to serve the song. It's not like Led Zeppelin where they start, you know, with a ba-dum, bum, ba-dum, 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 you know, and John Paul Jones is doing a bass riff for mm-hmm. 15, 20 seconds and then Paige comes in with a guitar solo and then, you know, uh, John Bonham's slaying on the drums and here's Rob, you know, Robert Plant's vocals. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's very in your face, um, to your point, the way it was mixed. Yeah. And that's all on purpose. And that's like, but it's, and because Jimmy Iovine worked on Patty's third, fourth, and fifth album. And it's a similar thing. Like, you, I hear Refugee off Damn the Torpedoes, and it's like, man, it's like those drums are so crisp. They don't sound like any other drums I've ever listened to on a record. Right. And it's like, it's phenomenal. And it's like, but it's in that same vein that like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, though the music is slightly different and it's not as overly dramatic, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still rock and roll at its finest. Right. It's not rock. You know, Led Zeppelin to me is rock music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, this is rock and roll. You've got songs that you can sway and dance to. Right. So continue. Oh, no, no, what's, uh, what's your next point? You're good. Um, well, you would ask me just, the, yeah, overall what I thought of it. Um, it hooks you in right away. It gets you. Um, and I, that's what I'm starting to get into. I, I understand mainstream music as it is or, or big, big numbers the way they are. Um, that's the reason I like this record saying it in the in the respect of how I usually say I don't I'm not the, the mainstream guy or I'm not the, the guy who seems like ah this was come on that seems like easy notes to, to do there or this it's, the reason I like this record over anything else that I would hear that that sounds um, like it's just made for radio is again is the way that it that it is mixed the way that it's set up and it's about like you said it's about the song and it's not about the image of the song it's not it's not like I want this to be on the radio or I want this to be, you know, what people sing on their yachts, you know, at, at 5 p.m. on a Sunday. No, this is what I want people to experience because it's a song. It's not anything more than what it really is. And so that's where you talk about great songwriters and the reason he gets brought up is not just for his lyrics, but it's for how he envisions what he wants everything to come to. Obviously, he's a backing well, band. Obviously, he's a backing band that are incredible musicians and talented beyond uh, you know anything else but uh, rest in peace big man and Danny Federici there you go there you go um, and uh, to your point a while back he, uh, Springsteen still able to do it it's not like this was a one-off thing where he's like oh he made one good album and then he couldn't do it after no his that. next record he wrote like mm-hmm. 75 songs for he told me that and he had to get it down tape, to 10 right? tape tape yeah. 
tape, right. tape, on tape, on tape, on tape. Mm. Pick 10 songs. Where did all that tape go? He has it because then he released The Promise in 2010, which was a companion piece to the eight, uh, documentary film. There you go. Uh, the Promise, The Making of Darkness on the Edge of Town, which I've watched. Lost storage. I've watched that probably 30 times. Sure. It's my favorite music documentary mm-hmm. ever. That, like History of the Eagles, and there's probably like another one or two. It's my favorite music documentary. And then we talked about it earlier too, uh, Timelessness. This album, Does it sound timeless? This album could have been made yesterday. I know. And, and wouldn't have sounded any different. That's, but right. why? Because they don't take it. They, they, they didn't. They didn't take advantage of anything. That well, it's like Greek mythology. It's, it's thema- those same fables and stories. Exactly. Thematically, it's very common. Um, instrumentally, it's still. It, relevant. it was not of the time. No. They were not. Oh, this is popular. Let's use this. That's and why it's there like there wasn't any like <laughs> overused chorus on the vocals, like a chorus effect on the vocals. There's no real crazy uh, distortion on the guitars. There's just gain. You know, normal natural gain with it. There's no uh, that that hollowed out sound, you know, when there's like a drum thing, like you know how that always does yeah. that. Yeah, there's nothing like there's nothing. We cheap should see about Max's drum kit. It's not, you know, it yeah. doesn't look like uh, you know Mick Fleetwood's. No, it's a probably just a standard five piece or six piece drum kit. It's a drum kit. DW. I think he plays DW drum kits. But I just meant like in general of what it has. Probably just has a snare right. tom. Yeah, two toms, yeah. maybe you know. Yeah. Maybe a third one. And maybe your two or three cymbals up top, right? Yeah. That's it. That's, that's all it. you need. And your hi-hat, obviously. But yeah, that's all you need. Yeah. So, yeah, it's nothing big or over the top for what it gives you. Um, and you feel it. You feel the record. You feel the songs as they're played. You're yeah. not just going, oh, this is noise in the background. Or blah, it's, blah, blah, blah. it's the best. I wish that I usually am good with uh, listening to the words, but I'm a music first guy, so I was mostly listening to the music. And now that I'm on the technical side of things, I was mostly listening to the way everything was set up. But um, yeah, just good. It's 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 really good, and I like it. Do a you lot. have anything else to say? Before uh, I I guess I'm ready to listen to Darkness on the Edge of Town. What else is in your notes? Was that? Uh, so it was just yeah, it was emotions. Uh, I went over yeah the entire album minus one song makes you feel like you're running. You know, I'm not the first person to think of that. You know, it's a roller coaster of a ride, twists, twists and turns. But I also think that's emotional. why meeting across the river is on there, is because it takes you out of it and it calms you down. No, that's fair. And then you go that's into fair. this like jungle land, which is this da dum ba da ba bum ba dum bum. You know, and then the rangers at a homecoming. That's right. my that's my the rangers at a homecoming and all them late last night. Right. It's like my like Springsteen. My my natural singing voice sounds different. It's my that's my Springsteen singing voice. <laughs> Bad lines, you gotta live it every day. Uh, oh, I even put on here too. I said I regret to say that I've neglected Bruce Springsteen for a long time. So I actually do regret not listening to him for a very long time. And then I put at least this record. There's a lot after this, but yes. But that and that's what's funny is like you're gonna hear darkness and you're gonna go whoa. Is it better? It's my favorite. Okay. It's my favorite for so many reasons. Um, but just like The Dark Knight, without Batman Begins, there is not The Dark Knight. Right. So without Born to Run, the success of Born to Run, the three-year gap for legal reasons that we'll get into later, uh, that he didn't put an album out, uh, all goes, he started listening to country music. He would drive around in a pickup truck and listen to a Hank Williams cassette tape and was becoming an adult the age we are now where it's like you start to kind of think about things differently and you start to look at things differently and that's all on the record you know it was hard on your sleeve before that was a term mm-hmm. um you know it's it's coded enough but it's it's all there and you see the album cover behind me it's up on my wall of albums darkness yeah that dude that those were test shots that they were doing for he the told cover me that yeah yeah and he's like, and he's like they went to the studio he's like, i like the test shots better yeah because it's raw, right? And it's so like the the wallpaper, you know what I mean? And the just him in a leather jacket and a t-shirt and greasy hair. It's not cheap, right? It's raw. It's just it's it's it is what it is. It is what it is. Right. It is what it is. And that's, so that's a good theme to carry. You know, this record ones. came out huge success. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not I shouldn't say huge. You know, he wasn't it wasn't the Eagles. He wasn't out selling the Eagles. 
Fleetwood Mac's Fleetwood Mac came out that same year. He mm-hmm. he did well. Mm-hmm. It was a it was breakthrough success. Right. And they toured for it. Um and all that jazz. And it kind of launched his career, you know. And I think to me, it's like Born to Run is it it is an amazing album. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. I just personally like Darkness better because I like what I like the themes and 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 tones and adultness. Even when I was a teen, like 19, 20 years old, like I liked the themes of darkness better. Um, not darkness like the term, but darkness on the end of town. Mm-hmm. And then the river, which we'll get to later. I don't want to spoil that for you because <laughs> it's like, wait, are albums spoilers? Um, that's celebrating its 40th anniversary this year. Um, which, interestingly enough, I'm going to look to see when that was released. Excuse, you talk for a second. Excuse me. Uh, 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 I guess... Can't form sentences, can you? October 17, no, 1980. So we'll we'll yeah. cover that eventually when that has the I didn't know where I wanted to go with it. Yeah. Um that would be good. But the the themes and, and everything that's on Born to Run is, you know, definitely you get that sense in Thunder Road. And it's like when I was like 18, 19, listening to Thunder Road, it was like I felt and thought the same way that the characters felt and thought in mm. that song. And it was just this naive way of thinking mm-hmm. and it's like an over sense of optimism and it's still a beautiful song and i love it and i love it when he plays it live and you know um i could go on and on about it but i don't listen to that song as much anymore because it just because then you stop and go oh man that didn't pan out the way i wanted it to that wow i forgot about that happened a long time ago and that you know and you kind of like you look back and not in a regretting way but you look back and go, oh, remember when we just kind of sat around and the world was a, literally our oyster at 19? Yeah. The world's still our oyster. Yeah. And that's a weird term. I don't know. Who came up with that term? I have no idea. Like why? Most people don't like oysters. What? I love oysters. Yeah. But why? Like why? Who made that term? Why is that a term? Like uh, why is that? I want. There's so many things like mountain out of a molehill, mm-hmm. and it's like who came up with that? And yeah. why is that the term? <laughs> like what? Like who's voting on this? Is there like a democratic process? There's always been one. Yeah, we just we've never been invited. Yeah, you know, it's way before our time. That's a, I think that it's was the, the Illuminati. I think it was the early '60s when they were deciding on that. that I was wasn't like, born yet. It was like civil rights, and then it was oh, common phrases and terminology. Right. It was like right after. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, before I digress further, mm-hmm. um, you look back and, and you're just like, but you listen to Badlands, mm-hmm. and I think now more than ever in my life, I relate to that song, and it's like, we can make it out, but it's not going to be easy. Where it's like born to run, it's like, run where? Then what? You run away, but then then what? You still got to do something. You know, what are you going to do? Figure it out. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where it's that kind of overt, like, sense of optimism, and then you get to Badlands, and it's like, well, there's more reality, but you can still make it out. You just, you got to have that fuel in you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, not to not to mix metaphors, but if life is a car, you got to have the fuel, you know? Yeah. But I've also been told recently, uh, just keep driving. You know, you're you're in the car, and... You might take some detours and some pit stops, but just keep driving. Oh, that's interesting. Just keep driving. Life is a highway. I'm going to ride it all night long. Uh, Tom gonna, Cochran. I was going to say, find which exit you're going to get off on. Yeah. Oh, what were you quoting? That was guess what I was going to say. Life I just, is a highway. I knew you were going to do that. I'm so I want to go. I want to go totally opposite. Night all night long. I remember when LimeWire first came out. Those of you that are between... Oh. 25 and 35 know what LimeWire is. Uh, and how us kids were so And great. everybody all of a sudden yeah, thought the Allman Brothers wrote uh, Can't You See? Mm. And Tom Petty sang Life is a Highway mm-hmm. because it, people would like misfile things or whatever. Mm. And I like for like a hot minute thought Tom Petty wrote Life is a Highway. And I'm like, no, pretty sure that would have been on his... You know, greatest hits, and I own yeah. four of his albums on Somewhere vinyl. In the discography would have been yeah, there. You know, it's yeah. not on Wildflowers. So. No, not even close. Which have you? By the way, side note: I know this isn't about Tom Petty, but have you heard 
all the new wildflowers material that they released. I saw that there was a thing about it. it now, but I, oh, it is I great. Yeah. I miss Tom. I'm so glad I got to go see him right before he passed. Yeah. I don't know if I can handle I that. I really miss Tom Petty. Many new uh, rock and roll bands. Uh, Bruce Springsteen's one for a while. Wait, what did you say? I said Bruce, Sting- Bruce Springsteen's going to be one for a while. I don't know if I can handle that many like rock and roll bands. Oh, yeah, because you've never really gotten into Tom Petty either. Never really got into Tom Petty either. Oh, yeah. But you're so am I selling you on Bruce? I have a feeling I would like Bruce Springsteen a lot more than Tom. So I got I've gotten you into Jason Isbell so far, which I love. Which which huge fan for people I know that don't like country music, mm-hmm. I want them to listen to Jason Isbell because I don't think they're going to get into country music, but I feel like they might pass him up because they don't like country. That's fair. Though it's not really country. It's what country should be. <laughs> well, but it's not it's not I country know. what they think of. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it technically isn't for what I think of either. Country. No. Know? Not and, and, and Well, the Nashville sound was probably his most country record. Sure. But not getting But it's still into, not it's still a it's still more like Led Zeppelin and Bruce Springsteen than it is Yeah, it's like, like Hank Williams. It's like uh I mean lyrically. Well it's like at the you know it's it, like Springsteen or Dylan. Yeah. It's it's uh or Neil Young. I was just about to say it's like it's like Neil Young's folk days, but with electric guitar too. Well then that but stuff. that's the thing, that's what I tell people it's like people oh, like that's not Rust country. Never Sleeps is an amazing album. Right. So is After the Gold Rush, but so is Harvest. Right. You know, which is more of like a country record. Right. The first song is called Are You Ready for the Country? Question mark. There you go, even though he's from Canada. This is true. Um, yeah, Isbell's not, to me, he's not country. If anything, he's country rock. Rock is in there no matter what. Right. Well, Steve Earle's country rock. Right. Who, whom I also am a huge fan of. And I've listened to some of his stuff. He's good. Right. I well, because like I told you, I was like, past, like, he did a, did a couple, like, quasi-bluegrass records and some, like, country rock records in the 90s. But, like, once you got into the 2000s, he was using drum loops and, mm-hmm. and choruses. And yeah, it was very experimental. Right. But it's great stuff. Right. He's a great songwriter. He mm-hmm. just can't hide his Texas accent. That's why it sounds country. Yeah, there's there's still no I, seriously no there's still something to say with that no matter what no matter who's if it's the same voice over different music it's still going to be categorized as, as something similar right that's the weird that's the funny thing right yeah. like I'll always sound like I'm from the Midwest you know that's I have a slight Southern accent yeah just slight very slight mm-hmm. barely noticeable right you can hear it a little more in my singing you're a yeah you're a, a Tennessee or whatever it is uh, well, uh, Southern Southern you're, Indiana yeah. But yeah, yeah. But that's what I mean, like that that region or Kentucky. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're not you're not a Mississippi. No, 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 no. I don't, I, and I don't claim to be. I don't no, claim. Louisiana. No, you're you're the Midwestern but Southern. Right. You spent a lot of time in Southern Indiana. You know what are you gonna do? So, my mom had an accent. You're gonna fruit dip. That's what you're gonna do. But uh, anyways, <laughs> yeah. As I continue to digress, born uh, run. Kind of wrapping up this show here. I. I've gotten you into Jason Isbell. I know I've gotten you to listen to Tom Waits a little bit. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Leonard Cohen the last few days, whom I love, whom I probably figure you know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to get you into Not a lot about Leonard Cohen. And see, so then I got to... He's the best. We'll have to do one. But, it, but I, you know, I, yeah, we'll have to do one where you educate me on some bands. Right. But it's like everybody I'm naming you mm-hmm. are like the Hall of Famers for songwriters. It, it, you know, it, I understand it's all, it's a nuanced conversation and it's all subjective and all that right. stuff, but it's like it's your Tom point. Waits, Leonard Cohen, Bruce Springsteen, Jason Isbell, uh-huh. Neil Young, Bob Dylan. I mean, they're all, I mean, Isbell's obviously a lot newer, but right. all the people I named are literally the songwriting hall of fame. Like that's, you know what I mean? Sure. So do you have any, yeah. <laughs> You gotta talk. This is a talking show. Uh, There's no, no just, video, so they can't just read your face. I just wanna, yeah. The term songwriting, kind of like indie these days, well, is is mm, is going is so stretch. It's so stretched I'm, out. But I'm gonna defend it. When I say songwriter, I mean people that have bodies of work. Bodies of work. I don't agree with that. You know, that's what makes them the best is because no, 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 every no, time they the go to bat, I understand. They can hit the ball. I'm not it might only go to first base. Right. I hope, I'm not talking about the best. Right okay. Now. I'm just talking about the term songwriter. 
it's because you know once everything opened up musically and everybody's an artist these days everybody's a comedian whatever blah 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 blah, blah. these these terms like indie and songwriter have been so loosely stretched to to fit your image it's tough to remember what the hell a songwriter actually is however it has opened up my mind in a lot of ways of what a songwriter does to me a songwriter is somebody who <laughs> no matter what has their hand in the orchestration of the song. They're not playing every instrument, obviously, but they know what they want on the song. They're not going into band, they're not going into band practice and like, all right, what do you got? No, it's, hey, I got this. Show me what you can do as far as my ideas go, but hey, this is what I kind of want. And you're- Well, they're the band leader. And you're, well, right. And then your band fills in, you know, your vision, but also- We fill gaps. Does enough, yeah, we fill gaps, exactly. But also does enough, <laughs> to go beyond what you expect because they are also musicians and have talents beyond what you can do. Also, lyrics usually is the biggest thing thrown around. I mean, yeah, melodies are melodies, but it to me songwriting there's there's it boils down to two things, I think. Sure. You know, when I think of songwriting, right. I think of like Carol King in the Brill Building in fucking New York City writing the locomotion. You know, writing uh, will you still love me tomorrow? You know, these songs that she's handing off to people that they're going to cut as pop tunes, right? But you go listen to Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow by the Shirleys, and it's like you feel that... Uh, it, it just, it, it, you can just feel the sweat on the seats in the car. You know what I mean? It's fucking music. You know, you can feel the lingering. You can feel the pining and the and the 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 you know the hope and you know everything that's in that song. You feel that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of stuff that's come out the last 20, 30 years, it's all fabricated. It's like I I feel it in the singer's voice, but I don't feel it in the instruments. Whereas yeah, you fair. did back in the day. That's fair. And then on the flip side of the coin. You know, uh, how many roads must a man walk down before you call him a man? You know, that's no, that's that's songwriting. You know, when when Bob Bob hit the scene, and you know, prior to him, you know, Hank Williams. You know, um, I've played. You know, hey, good looking, what you got cooking? How's about cooking something up for me? Yeah. You know, which is just the white man's blues, but mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like then you get Dylan. Now you've got singer-songwriters. You've got people that are, they write songs to sing them. Right. You know, which to me, that's where that term comes from. Yeah. It's people, Absolutely. you know, like, oh, well, we're in a rock and roll band. Okay, you're in a rock and roll band. You're not a singer-songwriter. You know, you're somebody that you writes. You could be, though. Well, you, you could, could be. I, how do I phrase this? I know you're you somebody mean. that writes songs yeah, yeah. and you sing the songs that you write yeah. on whatever instrumentation that is. So if you're Tom Waits, you're playing the piano. If you're Bob Dylan, you're playing an acoustic guitar, What, whatever, right? Mm. Um, and your voice is your voice. But if you didn't write songs, mm. you would never be hired in a rock and roll band. You'd never be hired in a pop group unless you were just the songwriter. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's how I look at it. Springsteen could have made... Money just writing songs. Tom Waits could have made money just writing songs. Same with Dylan. Same with Neil Young. But they wanted to have their voice out there. That's why they're all such unique voices. You know, Leonard Cohen, I tried getting into him in high school. I really, really, really did. And I was just like, I just, I can't get over his voice. <laughs> it's barely there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's so low, you know, and Chris Christopherson was the same way. But then I got in, I, Chris broke through to me faster than Cohen. But then when I was in college, I was like 20, 21, you know, for some strange reason, I was just like, I'm going to give Cohen another chance. And I listened to I'm Your Man and I listened to Dance Me Till the End of Love. And I'm like, oh, and it just for some reason clicked. Same thing with Darkness on the Edge of Town, you know. <laughs> Obviously, I knew bad. I loved Badlands and I loved uh, the Promised Land, but the rest of the record was like whatever. 
And I remember the first time, first couple of times, like listening to that all the way through, like dissecting it. And I was like, yeah, I'd rather listen to Born to Run. Or I'd rather listen to Born in the USA, like the hits off Born in the USA or whatever it is, right? Um, Nebraska. Like I got into Nebraska before I got into Darkness on the Edge of Town. And then fifth, sixth listen, I would have been like 20 years old at the time. It clicked. And I'm like, oh, this album is a masterpiece. Like I was already a huge Springsteen fan. Yeah. But that album, I just, I didn't get it. Like I didn't get... Like, I didn't get Factory. I didn't get whatever it was. And the documentary had been out prior to that. I just hadn't seen it. Or maybe, no, it was when the documentary came out. Anyways, it clicked for me. And then shortly thereafter, maybe like two months later, I watched the documentary Mm -hmm. and was like, oh, I get it even more now. Like, I get it. I get the art. And sometimes it's that way with film. You know, like I've seen Vertigo three times. I don't like that movie. <laughs> I but people say it's one of the greatest films ever made. Sure. And I'm just like I I think it's long, I think it's slow. I do, I would take Rear Window over that movie any day of the week. Um so once again it's all subjective, yeah. but sometimes with art it takes you a while for it to click. Mm-hmm. And then once it clicks, you fall madly in love with it. Yeah, it was really. the same like my dad played the Smiths a lot when I was growing up and I was just like you know, well when we were in junior high, that's when like the emo thing was really popular. And it's like, to me, it was just like, this is like the OG emo music, you know, like, oh, good times for a change. And I'm just, I, this is, that was like my Tom Waits singing Morrissey. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't like this at all. And then I got into The Cure when I was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. Like hard, like they clicked. And I was like, oh, I get it. And then for whatever reason, I went and listened to the Smiths and was like, oh, they're a lot like R.E.M. They're a lot like The Replacements. They're a lot like The Cure. But they're also like a lot of other things that I like. But they're not. They're their own thing. They're their own entity. They're the Smiths. And then it was like, oh, now... Girlfriend in a Coma used to be a song I used to just make fun of when I was a kid because, like, my dad would be listening to the Smiths and I'm like, Girlfriend in a, and I'm like, what it, like, hang the DJ, hang the, what is this? This is ridiculous. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I would, like, like, let's listen to Elton John or let's listen to Elvis Costello's early stuff or Fleetwood Mac or The Temptations or whatever we were listening to. But I was like, I don't like the Smiths. But then when I got older, it clicked and it was like, oh man. I wish this would have happened years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you said a lot. I'm trying to think of which points I was trying to make going into it. Um, Rob's rants for the day. Yeah, Rob's rants, the uh, final 10 minutes of this episode. In summation, we'll keep it uh, We'll keep it tight. We're already over an hour. Unless you want to go longer. Doesn't, yeah. matter. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, Not that I don't want to. Just, in summation. I've said everything I want. Yeah, you're good. So in summation... Uh, Springsteen covers all the grounds of good songwriter, good uh, good lyricist. Um, the band itself covers the ground of um, tight, uh, uh, syncopated, good, obviously, and uh, emphatic, emotional, loud, but not loud for loud's sake. Um, all, everything about it is good. The album itself is very good. And I don't say that with like a, it's good. No, it's it's good. It's very good. Um, and for the music background that I come from, to say that is is, uh, is no small feat. So, Born to Run. Check it out if you haven't. <laughs> very famous album. All right. In ranking order, I'm just going to rank all the songs in order right now off the top of my head. This is right. what we're going to close the show out with. Mm-hmm. Favorite track on the album is Jungle Land. Second favorite track on the album is Backstreet's. Mm-hmm. Third favorite track is She's the One. Fourth favorite track is Thunder Road. Fifth favorite track is Born to Run. Sixth favorite track is Night. Seventh favorite track is 10th Avenue Freeze Out. And eighth favorite track is Meeting Across the River. There you go. All right. After I've given it a sufficient, you know, five to ten more listens, I can give you a a, a list just the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for joining me. 
Um, hey, thanks that for was having me, man. Awesome, you listening to that record, and uh, yeah, everybody can find you where once again. Uh, you can find me here tonight uh, at Rob's, just hanging out. We're doing this podcast, uh, but overall, when I'm not here, you can find me on the Instagram at uh, musician Max Williams. And you can also find me on the facial book at Musician Max Williams as well. I am dropping a uh, new instrumental single called A Wacky Misadventure on September 22nd. So uh, go pre-save it on Spotify so I can get on uh, some sort of playlist. Thanks. Appreciate it, everybody. And uh, you guys can find me at Rob Fishbeck and uh, Instagram at Rob underscore Fishbeck. You guys know where to look. (laughs) Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you later.